Gamecock football fans, do you remember all the great glory years that we had under head coach Steve Spurrier? And want to maybe watch some of those old games? Well, guess what? Starting it pretty soon, you might not need to search on your TV guide anymore to find those games. I'll discuss that and more today on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines of your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. As of today's show, we are three days away from the first fall camp practice for Gamecock football. You can feel it in the air. We are now in the month of August. We will see college football later on this month. Might not be a whole lot of games that y'all are particularly interested in, but either way, it is football. And for that reason, most of us that are college football fans are probably still going to end up watching that for one reason or another. But I got a really good show for all of you here today. Been a lot of recruiting news that have been discussed the last few days, so we're going to kind of pivot back to looking ahead to 2022. I'll discuss the roster makeup of the linebacker room, asking some questions like, what does Sherrod Green's return do for the linebacker room? Is the linebacker unit being overlooked as a whole for South Carolina? But before I get into all of that, I do want to talk about a massive announcement from the South Carolina Athletic Department this past week, this past Wednesday to be exact, as South Carolina's Athletic Department announced that starting later in September, Gamecocks Plus, a new streaming service, will be coming to the University of South Carolina. You're going to be able to see more than ever before from both the past and present in terms of Gamecock athletic events and getting to know all about both the teams, the coaches, and the players. I'll discuss some of the specific content more in a minute. But to give you all an idea of what the project's going to be like as a whole, It's going to be launching this fall, and it's going to be based on original storytelling content. This is all coming from GamecocksOnline.com. Above and beyond the already high-level video that fans have come to expect and enjoy, including new, never-before-seen, behind-the-scene access, exclusive interviews, archival footage showcasing some iconic moments, and news and information. It will be consumable wherever South Carolina fans want to watch. This includes web, mobile, and later this fall, all major OTT or over-the-top streaming apps like Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, Roku, and Android. And there was a quote that I wanted to read over real quick from Ray Tanner. For those of you who are listening on audio podcasts, I'll be sure to read the whole thing. And Ray Tanner said about the project, quote, We are excited to partner with Sport and Story to provide an innovative platform that will deliver compelling and interesting content on our student-athletes, coaches, and athletic programs to our Gamecock Club members. Satellite Director Ray Tanner. Continuing, I believe Gamecocks Plus will give our great fans an opportunity to see and learn about the tremendous achievements of everyone in our programs. So obviously based off of the statement that Ray Tanner made for this article, it seems like the Gamecocks Plus is partnered up with the Gamecock Club in some fashion. I believe if you are already a member of the Gamecock Club, if I recall correctly, you actually are going to be able to access Gamecocks Plus for free. And if you 
aren't a member of the Gamecock Club, then I do believe you might have to pay somewhere around $100. I don't remember the exact amount, but it is included in the article. So for some of you who maybe aren't as big into the streaming services, you may be wondering why exactly does this matter? I will say again, with some of the announcements that have been made in recent weeks from the University of South Carolina's athletic department, this is another great example of this athletic department showing that they are going to be taking initiative in the new age of college athletics. A couple weeks ago, it was announced the football team was going to be a part of a miniseries on TV called South Carolina Football Welcome Home over the course of camp heading into week one versus Georgia State. Early last week, it was announced that all athletic programs would work with an Atlas service partner manager, quote-unquote GM, as a part of the Atlas GM program regarding NIL. South Carolina is one of only six FBS programs in the country that is participating in that initiative. And now they've announced a near-all-access streaming service. So why exactly is all this all of a sudden happening? Because all these announcements have, quite frankly, come out of left field over the last month and a half for South Carolina fans. And you may even be wondering, well, Andrew, you should be excited about this. Why are you asking why this is happening? Well, I have to ask this just because out of general curiosity and the fact that there's a lot of fans out there who are probably asking the same question because you think about the mentality of South Carolina's sports fans. We'll be honest with it. We need to be honest with ourselves real quick. South Carolina as a whole in athletics hasn't been very good for the majority of the time the university has existed. Not a single sport we've really been great at besides maybe college baseball. And, of course, again, we had some great years with Frank McGuire in men's basketball, a couple of small spurts in football up into the 21st century. And women's basketball, of course, was started, I believe, in the late 80s, early 90s, at least with the SEC. But otherwise, just really hasn't been a whole lot to point to. And admittedly, because of all this, it's created this mentality of the fan base that it's just rare for us to really get this excited, to see this many good things going for our university. And because of all this, there's a perception with the athletic department. And I'm not saying that this is true. I'm just saying that this is the way fans have viewed the athletic department at certain points, that the athletic department maybe doesn't care enough, that maybe they're not trying to get enough funding from you know, alumni and boosters to support the programs that maybe they don't care as much about winning, like maybe even say Clemson in the upstate. And because of all this, you know, fans have come to expect to be disappointed more so than to actually see stuff like this occur. Now, in just a few moments, I'll talk about some of the potential reasons why these moves have been made recently by the athletic department. But before I get into all of that, I do need to tell y'all that as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and free of charge. Myself being a recent college graduate, I've been able to stay in touch and create a network with many people who are alumni of the University of South Carolina. When you use LinkedIn Jobs, you can create a job post in minutes to reach both your own personal network and a worldwide professional network consisting of 810 million people. You can also add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame on your profile, which helps to find the right people that fit the job description to AT, using tools like screening questions to filter through candidates and populate viable choices. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus other leading competitors in the industry. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to, 
faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Why sit on the sidelines? Go right now and post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Once again, that's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So to get back to some potential reasoning why all these moves are happening, there's a few possibilities that I came up with. The first one being that Ray Tanner has now become a good fit for this new era of college athletics. Now, I know there's a lot of polarizing opinions out there on athletic director Ray Tanner, and I'm not going to get into all that in this episode because that would take way too much time. But with Ray Tanner being a former baseball coach, if there's one big advantage that he has in terms of being able to relate to what coaches of today need, he was a coach. And yes, while it's been 10 years since he has been in coaching, and a lot has changed in college athletics since he left coaching, Ray Tanner could understand and knows how to have conversations with current coaches about, okay, what is it exactly that you need? Is there something that maybe the program doesn't have right now that we could pretty much guarantee to happen that would help make your program better, that can help make the team better in the short term and long term? Ray Tanner is really good in that aspect. And because of that, maybe Ray Tanner has seen with all the changes that are coming that now more than ever, the university needs to buy in to athletics. And maybe he's really been in the ear of the board of trustees and the president and many other high-ranking officials in the university's hierarchy. Another reason that all this could be happening could be the negative PR the board of trustees got earlier this year. Now, again, can't get into all of that too much because it takes up too much time, but the point being, there's been a lot of negative PR with the board of trustees regarding coaches being fired, all the money that's been doled out, the fact that they had to borrow from the university's general fund to, I think, actually fire or pay off a lump sum of Will Muschamp's buyout when he was let go back in 2020. And, of course, you take out all the other stuff, you know, that mainly deals with the administration aspect of the university. The board of trustees has had a really bad look this year, more than ever before. And maybe because of all this negative PR, maybe they had some discussions with, say, Ray Tanner or the athletic department as a whole, and maybe not pitched these ideas, but just said, hey, listen, if there are certain things that you can think of that you could do that you know would go over really well with these fans right now, with former alumni and people that give money to our school, because let's be honest, they care about that probably more than anything else, honestly, then please make it happen. Do whatever you need to do, and we will be fully on board with it. So that, that way, some of the heat is taken off of us. I could see that potentially being a possibility, although I wouldn't. I will admittedly say I don't believe this could have been the full driving factor for all these initiatives. The last one could be the general excitement around Shane Beamer and the football program, which, listen, again, I know some of y'all are maybe bigger baseball fans or basketball fans, and with our Baseball history, women's basketball history, and the potential for the men's basketball program going forward, I understand why you would be. But when it comes to the revenue bus, football and Shane Beamer are the ones driving that bus. So with all the good things that may have happened with the football program in the last 12, 13, however many months, you know, maybe the athletic department has just decided, you know, hey, listen, we've got an energetic guy who is, who is literally willing to run off of a cliff for this school. He loves this school. Excitement is reaching levels that we haven't seen in several years. 
The university is now getting a lot more national exposure. Maybe we just need to push all our chips to the middle of the table and, you know, just take some chances. Listen, why can't we be one of these schools that is nationally recognizable, that has a national brand? You know, all these reasons could be valid reasons as to why all this is happening. It could be a combination of all of them. But either way, you slice it with maybe what the motives have been behind these moves, besides maybe just, you know, giving back to the fans. I like everything the athletic department is doing right now. They're providing exposure for all these programs. They're providing accessible content back to the fans and alumni. And, of course, the most important thing, they're showcasing the best out of our coaches and student athletes that South Carolina has to offer. And, again, if South Carolina's athletic programs continue to have success over the next few years, then the exposure will only increase. The brand will be built. It's no longer going to be, you know, if you remember my realignment analogy that I made back in you know, if you remember my analogy back in the realignment video that I made almost a month ago, I talked about how you can have maybe the greatest chocolate milkshake or chocolate ice cream in the world, but if you've only got an audience of 10 to 12 people that are going to eat it, then, you know, you're not really going to be able to go anywhere. you got no way to grow. But if you got an audience of like 120,000 people, now you got something to work with. That's how you get your brand out there through word of mouth, through modern times, you know, in social media, and then you've got something. And once that powder keg is lit and it goes off, the possibilities could be endless for the University of South Carolina. So to sum everything up, I like everything the athletic department is doing right now with all these initiatives. Now, in a few moments, I will go into the makeup of the linebacker room and ask some important questions regarding some of the players in this room. Is Mohamed Kaba maybe a guy that has the highest ceiling out of all these linebackers? Is he ready to take the next step? Is Debo Williams ready to make more of an impact on the defensive side of the ball and not just special teams? How does Sherrod Green's return impact this linebacker room as a whole? I'll discuss all that and more in just a few moments. But before I do all that, I do need to tell y'all that, you know, as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier for you to find the people you want to talk to faster and free of charge. Myself being a recent college graduate, I've been able to stay in touch and create a network with many people who are alumni of the University of South Carolina. When you use LinkedIn Jobs, you can create a job post in minutes to reach both your own personal network and a worldwide professional network consisting of 810 million people. You can also add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame on your profile, which helps you to find the right people that fit the job description to a T, using tools like screening questions to filter through candidates and populate viable choices. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus other leading competitors in the industry. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Why sit on the sidelines and just watch all these other jobs get taken up? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, so moving on from Gamecocks Plus, let's talk about the makeup of the linebacker room. Now, the linebacker room might be, in my opinion, the most improved unit on the team this next year. Let's start off with the starting cast for the linebacker room, starting off with Sherrod Green, who I would describe as a player who wants to go out on a high note in 2022. So what does Sherrod Green bring to the linebacker room? Well, he brings a ton of experience to the starting lineup on defense, having played in 39 career games, including 28 starts. 
Green has solid sideline to sideline speed, which helps in terms of pass coverage and being able to assist on outside runs. He's also a surefire tackler as well. But how will he help the linebacker room improve this next season? Well, if Green can remain healthy and stay on the field, it will be a welcome sight for the rest of his teammates in the front seven. Because Green has missed 19 of the last 23 games played from the past two seasons due to a hip fracture he suffered in 2020 and a right ankle injury in week three against Georgia back in 2021. Defensive coordinator and inside linebackers coach Clayton White even kept Sherrod Green on a pitch count in practice for all of spring in order to preserve Green for the upcoming fall season. So Sherrod Green's going to be a big piece to this linebacker room. Brad Johnson will be the other starter, and I would describe him as being unheralded and unselfish. Brad Johnson is a guy that doesn't get talked about as much out of the starting group on defense, but he's a guy that, again, brings a ton of experience to the field and being unselfish by switching positions heading into last season. So to talk about the experience real quick, he's played in 47 career games, starting 16 of them. And as a player, Johnson's a big body linebacker who can stop running backs right in their tracks in the run game and bring some extra help on potential blitzes that defensive coordinator Clayton White dials up, as he used to be defensive end when Will Muschamp was the head coach of South Carolina. Now, how could Johnson make the linebacker room better this next season? Well, due to last year being Johnson's first year as a true linebacker in White's scheme, people need to remember that, there were times, admittedly, where due to his inexperience at the position, he would find himself taking maybe the wrong gap or just being in the wrong position in general on a certain play, which either directly or indirectly could allow a running back to get more yards than maybe they should have. To put it bluntly, there's no one in this group that is going to benefit from another year in this scheme than Brad Johnson, which in turn is going to take some of the proverbial mental weight off of Sherrod Green. Now let's get into some of the backups for the linebacker room. And in my opinion, there's a couple of quality ones to talk about. First of all, Muhammad Kaba. I would describe him, simply put, he's got next, as the kids say these days. And what I mean by that is Muhammad Kaba is probably the next best guy out of this linebacker room. He may even have the highest ceiling out of all the veterans. If you all remember, when Will Muschamp and the former staff secured his commitment back in the 2020 class, the staff was extremely pumped as Cabo was looked at as potentially the next Ernest Jones, a guy who wasn't rated highly coming out of high school, but has a great all-around skill set to be a solid SEC linebacker. Ernest Jones, by the way, just won a Super Bowl with the Los Angeles Rams, just to give you an idea of how much potential Cabo might have. Now, he has shown this potential at times at South Carolina, being named to the SEC All-Freshman team back in 2020 and the most improved player on the defensive side of the ball this past spring. So why will Kaba help the linebacker room improve? Well, this will be the first time in Kaba's three seasons that he has not had to learn a new defensive system. And he got really comfortable as the season went on last year, which is showcased by the fact that 25 of his 32 total tackles from the previous season came in the last six games of the year. Last year, because of the new system, at least I assume, and due to Green's season-ending injury in Week 3 versus Georgia, Clayton White fell into a situation he was hoping to avoid in Year 1 which was a short in-game rotation at linebacker, with Demi Staley and Brad Johnson getting the bulk of those reps, and Muhammad Kaba Debo Williams getting some snaps, but not very much as backups. With Kaba being more experienced now in the system, he should be more comfortable, thereby giving trust to Clayton White to put him out there more, which means that Sherrod Green or Brad Johnson can get more reprieves during ball games this next season without there being very much of a drop-off in terms of talent.
Now, coming up, I'll discuss Debo Williams and whether or not he could play a bigger role in the linebacker rotation this coming season. Plus, I'll talk about the two new linebackers in Stone Blanton and Donovan Westmoreland and what they could bring to the field as freshmen in 2022. But I do need to tell you, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, well, quite honestly, I don't know what you're doing with your life right now. So get off the couch, go look at the laptop right now, and while you're doing that, I'm going to tell you what this new flavor is that they've got. Cookie dough and marshmallow covered in chocolate. Do I need to say anything else? I do? All right, fine, I will. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puff bar, which has a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. And it's the perfect treat. I just had some delivered to my house from Built Bar themselves, and I can tell y'all, this is my new favorite bar. I literally just ordered a whole nother box of 12 cookie dough Built Bar Puffs just yesterday. And what's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Whether you need a snack after a workout, a late night treat, or maybe you just need to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar for you. And at the same time, it tastes better than a candy bar, believe it or not. So again, if you haven't gotten up off the couch yet and you haven't looked at your laptop, get to Built.com right now to order your box of cookie dough chunk puffs today. And if you're looking to save money, we've got you covered there as well. When you go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 50% off of your order. Again, that is LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Be sure to go right now while the offer lasts. Now, the other primary backup I think that will be in this group is Debo Williams, who I would describe as the maniac of the linebacker room, at least in terms of his motor. Now, is he ready for SEC football? Debo Williams was a guy who transferred from Delaware University in the 2020 offseason, and last season he mainly played special teams as he transitioned to the speed and explosiveness that is showcased, of course, in the SEC. Now, why will he help the linebacker room improve? Well, Williams has the frame, speed, and motor of an SEC linebacker, but at times last year, either due to not fully knowing the scheme or just going in the wrong gap period, trying to just be somewhere really quick, Williams would sometimes find himself not being in the best position in a similar way, kind of like Brad Johnson. Now, with another year in this scheme and some young promising backers who have been brought in behind him, which I will talk about in just a couple moments, Williams will undoubtedly feel more comfortable, but also have some added motivation to improve heading into fall camp. Now, some other notable backup linebackers who have a couple years in the program to keep an eye on. Daryl Ware is a third-year player who's played in 12 games overall. And another one is Bam Martin-Scott, who's a second-year player out of Dodge City Community College, who played in four games last year, but mainly on special teams. Now, let's talk about the newbies in the linebacker room, starting off with Stone Blanton, who I would describe as... The man with no regard for human life. And I don't mean that to say that if you see Stone Blanton close by at the railing williams Bryce, you need to go hide in the restroom somewhere. He's not that violent. But in terms of football play, 
He is a guy that you do not want to cross paths with. Stone Bland is rated as a four-star and the 30th best linebacker in the country for the 2022 recruiting class, according to 24-7 Sports Composite Rankings. It only takes a minute or two of watching film to understand that this is a guy at linebacker who plays downhill, and he absolutely lays the wood on people. He also has the ability to run sideline to sideline, tracking down ball carriers. Now, since he enrolled over the summer, I would expect Land to admittedly be more of a special teams candidate his freshman season. Unless he just happens to pick up the playbook real quickly, then maybe he could work his way into the rotation to get some snaps during some games this next season. The other newbie in the linebacker room is Donovan Westmoreland, who I kind of describe as a smaller Brad Johnson because he was rated a four-star and the 38th best linebacker in the country for the 2022 class, according to 24-7 Sports Composite. But I compare him to Brad Johnson because Westmoreland in high school was a defensive end at Griffin High School in Georgia and has transitioned to linebacker for the college level, with the difference obviously being the time point in which these position switches took place. Westmoreland could be a guy who comes out on third down and maybe even be an extra blitzer because he showed solid pass rushing ability and went through spring practice getting a head start on the playbook compared to Stone Blanton. Now again he might not see a whole lot of game appearances as a whole but I would not be surprised if Westmoreland saw the field in some capacity in 2022. So why could the linebacker position be one of the most improved groups on the team in 2022? Well, the first obvious reason is continuity in the scheme. Listen, all these guys that are expected to contribute this year, with the exception of, of course, the true freshmen, are all returning from last year's roster. The only guy that left the team was Damani Staley because he exhausted the rest of his eligibility and... That was really the only loss, and Staley was mainly a backup until, of course, Sherrod Green went down. Then, of course, Staley did the best he could filling in the absence of Sherrod Green, but Sherrod Green comes back for a sixth year. Brad Johnson comes back for a sixth year. Muhammad Cobb is going into his third year, and Debo Williams is going into his third year. There's a lot of experience, and all these guys have experience in the system, so that ought to help them a great deal in terms of communication, knowing the play calls, and being able to execute better in ball games. Another reason why, more definite experience overall. I kind of already touched on the experience part, so I'll leave that alone. But look, last year, there was a lot of concern when Sherrod Green initially went down. And when Demi Staley went out there, listen, again, Demi Staley did the best he could, and he had some pretty solid moments, including that pick six against East Carolina early in the year before Sherrod got hurt. But let's be honest with ourselves. Demi Staley was not the fastest sideline-to-sideline side linebacker. There was just times where against running backs like Chris Rodriguez, like Tank Bigsby, we just could not get a hold of them if they got to the edge, especially guys that were quicker. Tank obviously being a little quicker than Chris Rodriguez, but my point still stands. The linebackers just as a whole, especially with Brad Johnson being in his first true year at linebacker, he really needed to be able to lean on a guy that had played the position for so long, like Sherrod Green. Demi Staley going in there, that kind of just compounded the situation. And because Cabo was in his second defensive scheme in the two years he had been there, Debo Williams had just transferred from an FCS school. I mean, it was not a good situation. With Stone Plain and Donovan Westmoreland now coming into the program, though, South Carolina legitimately goes three deep, in my opinion, at the linebacker position. And again, you throw in Daryl Ware and Bam Martin Scott as well. There should be no concern about depth at linebacker this next season. And then lastly, the return of Sherrod Green. Listen, Sherrod Green's loss last year, I think, really got lost in the shuffle as to why, especially in the rush defensive side of things, the Gamecocks defense faltered 
at certain points this past season. Again, they weren't bad overall. Gamecocks defense was actually a little bit above average. Pass defense was obviously great. But there is some fool's gold involved in terms of being ranked 7th in the country in pass defense. That was because, admittedly, some teams didn't see the need to pass the ball. They knew that they could probably run the ball on us. Even though maybe they couldn't get these massive gains, like 20, 15-plus yards, they knew that basically they could get the Gamecock defense through 1,000 paper cuts, you know, death by 1,000 paper cuts, 3 yards here, 4 yards here, 6 yards there, another 5 yards there. That was what would happen to the defense more often than not. And Sherrod Green, in my opinion, being out, was a big catalyst for this because, again, we kind of downgraded in speed and probably athleticism just a little bit overall with him being out and Damani Staley being in there. That's no offense to Damani. We appreciate Damani for being a great Gamecock, for being a legacy player that came here, all that good stuff. But there's no doubt that Green's absence hurt this front seven. But with Sherrod Green being back, I think this front seven is going to be more comfortable. I think Sherrod Green is going to make his presence felt more in rush defense than probably Demai Staley did last year. And he'll definitely be able to make sure that Brad Johnson's in the right spot more often than not. Again, Demai was having to deal with just being a starter now in the defense, which he had never really had to deal with, in fairness to him, up to that point in his career. You combine that with the fact that his teammate, his confidant, was in his first year as a linebacker, that's a lot of responsibility. And there are probably times where it kind of just took over Demai's mental psyche a little bit too much in ball games. Again, it's all hypothetical speak, but I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of happened. So Sherrod being back point blank is going to help this linebacker unit significantly in 2022. But with that being said, y'all, that's going to do it for today's show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. As always, what are your thoughts on this new streaming service, Gamecocks Plus? How excited are you about all the content now that you can access as a fan? Is there anything in particular that maybe you're looking forward to seeing? And how do you feel about the linebacker room? Do you feel like the linebacker room is being underrated heading into next season? Do you think the depth has gotten much better? How excited are you to see number 44, Gerard Green, back on the field? And I do want to hear your thoughts down below in the comments section if you're watching this on YouTube. But, of course, if you're watching this on audio podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts daily, you can also feel free to shoot me a message at alion underscore sc on Twitter, and I'll be sure to respond to any replies or comments that you have for me as quickly as I see them. And as always, if you've enjoyed the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast and you want to get more news on the entire SEC conference, then make Lockdown SEC your second listen every day, where host Chris Gordy and the local experts of Lockdown take you across the SEC in just 30 minutes. Again, make Lockdown SEC your second listen after, of course, the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. But once again, y'all, that's going to do it for me on today's show. I hope that y'all have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll catch y'all on the next show, Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. Thank you